You are you now are listening, listening to, to the unmistakable sound of the war report. Auburn is evidently is the place too for the SEC regular season champions because that's who they are now. Uh, Auburn won uh, yesterday. Uh, n- not nearly as much drama as it was against Mississippi State, uh, but Auburn wins the the regular season championship outright, beating South Carolina eighty two seventy one. Uh, yesterday's victory secures Auburn as the number one seed in this week's upcoming SEC tournament. Uh, AU will indeed, as we mentioned earlier, they will face the winner of the Texas A&M Florida matchup, and they will face them on Friday uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time. I believe that's correct. I believe that's right. Uh, the latest SEC regular season championship is AU's fourth in program history. The second since 2018. Now, Auburn has also won the SEC tournament in 2019, making it three championships in the last four years or so. So we talk about this win and its, its significance and kind of where Auburn is in the past few years. And something that the guys on the SEC now was was talking about, seeing as though yesterday's game was on the SEC network, they made a great point about how important this season was in terms of Bruce's ability to bring talent to Auburn. If you are a one and done type player who's looking to for somewhere to play for a year, look no further than Jabari Smith and what we did for him. Uh, he was able to win, also boost his draft stock. If you're at another big program and you're looking for a fresh start, look no further than Walker Kessler. Uh, we've had good seasons in the past. I mean, we've had Chuma Okiki, we've had Isaac Okoro, but to, to bring in these types of talents and to have the type of season we're having this year, to me, seems like a very big deal moving forward. So my question to you guys is, in your opinion, what impact do you think this season alone will have for Auburn in terms of national reception, recruiting, the whole nine? I'll start with you, B. I think it needs to end well. Um, what we don't need to do is start off on the run that we've had. Um, we very much had to lobby. Well, it wouldn't have affected the Randys, but we felt we should have been number one sooner during the season. And we were really on the tails of all the writers and people who were voting. Uh, we got game day to come down. They're singing our praises. They're singing Jabari's praises. And Jabari's development, Isaac Okoro's development, um, what they did over the course of the season here, what Okoro has been able to do in the league, the same for Chuma, what he's been able to do. He's been flashed in Orlando. Orlando isn't a very good team, which is why we won't hear more about it, but Chuma Okiki is making a difference on that roster. Isaac Okoro is making a, a really big difference defensively and when he gets his opportunities offensively for the Cavs, who are now a really good team um, in the NBA. So we've seen the effect that players who come through here are having on the next level. As far as this team goes, the number one ranking is great. First time here. Bruce earned his stripes when he got a team of two, three, four-star guys to the Final Four. That was, and he said that the following year, he said, I'm able to get in the room with some players that I wasn't able to before we made that Final Four. And now I can get there. So now that conversation with Isaac Okoro can happen. It may not have happened before. That conversation with Jabari can happen. It may not have happened before. And if I'm looking at Jabari's development over the course of this season, we noted outright, like, listen, man, I don't know if he has the give me the ball and I'm going to do it the first, you know, 15 games. 
Over the last three weeks, though? No, he's got it. We've taken note of his lack of willingness to put the ball on the floor the first half of the season. Now, now he's not the best ball handler. He, he's not there yet. But what he will do is take you off the dribble more willingly. At first, I felt like every time he got the ball in the open court, he's looking for the guard to give it to. But now, you know what? No, take that ball up, man. Turn around and face up. Don't just back him down and take the turnaround shot. And he's doing it. He is improving. Our best players, our one-and-done guys, get here, they improve, and then they go to the league. So, yes, that is great for the program. As far as the team goes, though, we need to not go out of the SEC tournament the first game or even the second game that we play. We need to make, at the very least, a Sweet 16. And we don't need to lose to a Cinderella team that's like a 14 seat when we get there either. We have to show that what was put on display during the regular season was not a fluke, that it was not a product of teams just hadn't figured out what we do yet. And I don't think that we will go out with the whimper because what we do best is defense. That being what we're best at is going to give us the opportunity to win any game against anybody we play. We know what our weaknesses are. Bruce is so open. He's really refreshing to talk to. Hey, we, we got out rebounded. Our offense can come and go, but we're a defensive team. We just got to figure a couple things out, and I think we will, and we'll be good. That's the game for the rest of the season. Every team that you face, you can beat if you do just enough on the offensive end because your effort is there, your defense is there. Rebounding is, is such a, it's a weird thing for this team, for Bruce, because he's an effort coach, and we do put forth that effort on defense, but to not get it on rebounding is really confounding. And um, I think if he solves that puzzle, honestly, we could win every game from now. If we rebound evenly with teams, we win every game we play. Unless somebody has a just stupid three-point type of game, which is possible because it's basketball and it, it can happen. But rebounding straight up is, is really all we would need. So I hope that we – I hope he does whatever – he needs to do. <laughs> and um, Ike has, has noted it on some film breakdowns we've talked about in the Slack. We're running some different action for some different guys. It's happening. He's not going to do it all game because why would you? You know, if your bread and butter is working, then you let it run and, and you save some of the other stuff for the teams who are going to be a lot tougher to beat. But I think he's got it. And no matter what the outcome of this season is, as long as it's not a, a terrible loss, like round of 32 loss, that's, that's not acceptable. Uh, like I said, first week, first game we play in the SEC tournament going out, that's not acceptable. If we don't have those type of losses, this wouldn't be another feather in Bruce's hat. <laughs> I saw a Wheel of Fortune meme uh, video talking about feather in the cat, feather in the hat. It was hilarious. I'll explain it to y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> that video was so stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, this will be a successful uh, campaign as long as we don't get embarrassed in the SEC tourney or the NCAA tourney. Thoughts? Ike? Mike? Someone? Yeah, I mean, so I think uh, at this point, it is uh, a good thing. I think what you've been able to prove specifically in the Jabari Smith scenario is that um, that th what he's done this year, coupled with what you're seeing from SUNY Lee, coupled with, you know, the prospects of NIL, allows us to get the kind of guys that would have skipped college basketball and gone straight semi-pro, all right? You can come, you can get the college experience, you can make a little money, and you can add some more hardware to your shelf, right? Because you have a team that 
has proven that in one year, you're going to have a great college experience and success. Jabari Smith came here. He said very plainly he wanted to win a championship at Auburn. He's got that right now, right? You can check that off the list. I have won a championship. He accomplished the mission he set out to do when he got here to Auburn University. He he improved his draft stock. Like if Jabari Smith tries to go straight to the league or he goes semi-pro, I don't know for certain that he's the number one overall pick or highly regarded as the number one overall pick. He's still a first round pick regardless of what he chooses to do. But I think his decision to come to Auburn has submitted him as one of those people who people are saying he could be the first overall pick, right? That looks really great to a recruit who's mulling over the decision of if I'm going to go to college, which college am I going to go to for my only year of college basketball? Auburn looks like an attractive place to do that mm-hmm. right now. You can go mm-hmm. there. You can be around. He's going to put you in position around players who are going to want to win a championship around a team that is committed to doing that and check. Yes, we did it. Next up, who wants, who wants to be the next Jabari Smith jr. That's really yeah. what Bruce Pearl is selling right now. And he's not stifling the, how these guys play either. And as frustrating as it is as fans to see some of the shot selection and how these guys play so freely, he allowed these guys to play. And I think that is something that is attractive to guys as well, is that, hey, I, I actually get to do what I do at that school, just looking at how some of the guys like Wendell, KD, like Bruce trusts these guys to kind of make those types of plays. And so that's that has to be attractive as well. Mike, you got some thoughts? Yeah, so it is obviously super important that when you get top talent, they perform like top talent when they're here. And it's not just that, but to Ike's point, for guys like Jabari, they're going to play one a year. And we need to be able to say, come play at Auburn because your one year is going to be lit AF, right? We're going to be, you can be, we have the crazy sports culture. Fans are going to camp outside to watch you play, you know, uh, gymnastics, Baseball, football, like it's going to be a whole experience for you in your one year in school before you go pro. And something you'll be able to look back on and say, I am part of a family that embraced me. And it was so much fun because Jabari, it's not even a question. It's not even a discussion at the end of the season, whether he's coming back or not. Right. He could, God forbid, suffer an injury and he's still going. Right. Nothing is bringing him back to college. So we have bemoaned this on the football side for years and years and years. Getting top talent that doesn't look like top talent or somehow doesn't develop or turn into. And it's just so refreshing to see on the basketball end that we have a coach that knows what to do with these guys when he gets them because these guys are committing to Bruce Pearl. What they're doing. You can, uh, you can hate this statement all you want. These guys are committing to the coach first and foremost. The coach is using all the other things about Auburn to help sell the experience over, you know, the other coaches who have proven track records developing talent. Bruce isn't the only one. So now we're battling the Coach K's and the Calipari's, right, and the, uh, I don't know, like Will Wade, I guess, Right, but you're battling <laughs> these other guys that are 
consistently in the top, you know, uh, consistently uh, getting the the good recruits. And like it's, a Bill Self. Like yeah, Kansas, man, the Kansas yeah. and, and the North Carolina breeds. And it's just now, this is how you become a blue blood. You get top talent year in and year out, and you and you just keep replacing them because I've asked him about this multiple times about how difficult it is, you know, to build a program when you know you're only going to have a kid for a year, mm-hmm. and that kid has to have a phenomenal year, and then he's gone. That's what he's promising them is the opportunity to develop. And if they've hit their max potential, they're, they're t- it's just so hard. I've thought what some of these schools have been able to do over the years constantly. Kentucky literally had a year where their whole starting five went to the NBA. In one year, all five guys just gone. And I was like, God, how difficult must that be when you build up a chemistry and a thing with these five guys and all five of them left? I think it was the John Wall class. <laughs> Wall and I think what was it? Carl uh, Anthony Towns. No, it was it was Wall. DeMarc- Boogie, no, I think it was Boogie. Boogie. Was it Gilchrist? Was Gilchrist on that team? Monk. Oh, oh Monk man, that lineup was ridiculous, man. I was just like, wow, like they ain't gonna keep none of these dudes. Not one. Not one is gonna stay. That's why I was such a disappointment. Like, yeah, like did they win that year? No, they won that year, did they? That's why no, I was so don't. disappointed when they lost. Because yeah, they because you're not gonna get another shot with those guys. Right. Yeah. Right next year for us, who's it going to be? It's going to be Trey Donaldson, right? Like he's the next guy. He's the next uh, Sharif Cooper, pretty much. I've heard great things about this kid. It's going to be interesting with Donaldson coming in and Zeb Jasper's already saying he's going to come back. Wendell still got eligibility. KD still has eligibility. Like it's going to be very interesting at the guard position next year to see how uh, Coach Pearl handles that rotation. I'm looking forward to actually talking about that um, once we get into season preview because um yeah um it's gonna it should be a fun team to watch because donaldson's a, he's a decent shooter anyway i don't want to get too far into mm-hmm. next year we still got business to handle this year we we did we did uh we there was an article on uh the auburn daily where it was like hey if you could pick one player over the last few years to come back to this team that you wish we had kept um and my answer was isaac okoro i would have loved to see him play the second year like, if, can you imagine Isaac Okoro on this team? Just take him he, out and put Isaac Flanagan Okoro in. Would, would solve the problem that we're having right now at the three. Yep. You put and Isaac we, Okoro in at the three, and this team is probably undefeated. One of the best two-way players we've had come through, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, scoring and defense. I mean, he can yeah. do everything. Yeah. A physical specimen. Like, wow, this team would be unstoppable. Yeah. But again, that highlights the conundrum is, is that you're not going to keep kids like that year year over year. And look at what he's doing in the NBA right now. So clearly, he was the real deal. And talent evaluation is not an exact science. Somebody got really mad at me on Twitter for this statement. But, you know, uh, uh, watching Malik Willis throw in the in the uh, uh, combine. Did, somebody, did anybody see he he threw a ball sixty yards man, in the air like it, this, man. Why we gotta <laughs> like it was nothing? Like it was nothing. Haven't been oh, able yeah, to complete man. a deep ball with any consistency for three years, but this dude out here at the combine looking like uh, uh dropping dimes from heaven. <sighs> Them balls <laughs> was falling like manna. 
I was just like, whoa, <laughs> what is going on? And he was in our QB room, and we let him go. Now, before anybody tells me, but he didn't take it seriously, that's part of coaching. That's culture. That's culture. That's part, that's part of culture, that, that's culture and coaching. You can coach attitude. Mm-hmm. Bruce Pearl is doing that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for getting back to basketball. Right. Bring him up. But you know, one, one of the things about that whole situation, too, I think uh, the thing that is good about the the way that the basketball program is developing is it also allows you to be a little bit more selective with who you decide to take. That's a high prospect, right? Like right. when you're a struggling team and you just want to um, – put more stars on the board when you start doing recruiting stuff. You start taking guys that are five stars but don't fit just so you can say you got a five star. Got a five star, correct. Yeah. Yeah. You start winning with five stars, then you can start to hand pick which of those five stars fit your program and go aggressively after them and make them understand, yes, you're a five star. Yes, you can play everywhere. You're a best fit for Auburn. Look at this guy right here. Circle him on the board. Watch him go through a thing. This is you. You're an upgrade from this person that we have coming back for next year, right? Like, you know, no disrespect to Jalen Williams. His minutes evaporated because Jabari Smith Jr. is there. Jabari Smith is a definite upgrade over Jalen Williams. And Jalen Williams had a decent year last year. But no one's going to sit here and tell me you'd rather Jalen Williams be starting at the four spot. Right. You just can't tell me that. Stretch was coming back for a season. Walker Kessler better player right dylan cardwell coming back walker kessler better player you get to hand pick guys when you start winning games and you don't have to just accept a star rating as a reason to bring a guy onto your team and it helps you do that whole culture thing of like yes you are the guy but there's other guys on this squad war report family you are listening to the weekend tailgate podcast You're in the right place for great discussion of Auburn sports news, but there's so much more available to our YouTube channel patrons. Patron-level supporters get first dibs on select content, special chat privileges when we have special segments and big-time guests, and only patrons get access to our off-season football film reviews that kick off after A-Day. We're talking next-level film breakdowns to look at what we did in 2021 and even give us a glimpse of what to expect in 2022. And did I mention the patron giveaways? So head on over to our YouTube page and look for the join button. Become a patron-level member and get your weight up. All right, now let's get back to it. Can you imagine Jabari sitting over politics or promises made to people or, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine that? That's, that's, I mean, you know, it's, it's significant that that, you know, again, you just come in and he's going to play the best guy. That's true. Doesn't matter who it is. But we also know that in the case of basketball, it's different because you know you only got one year. So if you convince somebody as good as Jabari Smith to come to your school, you have to make the most of him immediately for the next guy who's a one and done. And yeah. um, so you don't waste whatever you recruited him for. Like you in in football, maybe it makes more sense because you know at least three, well, you used to know at least three years with a guy, but now that's kind of going that's out the door a little bit too. And people are going to have to figure out, hey, if I'm going to promise you this playing time, I'm going to promise you this spot, I'm going to promise you that you're going to start, well, when you get here, I better do that or you're gone and now my reputation is hurt with the next guy who plays your position 
who I told, you know, I'm, I'm going to play you immediately. So it's changing a little bit. But basketball, it's always, at least for the last, what is it, 10 years we've had the one and done rule now? Since yeah, they, I just, yeah. yeah, it is. I just think it's the same. I, I, I don't see much. The timelines may be different, but but in principle, it's the same. Because in football, you 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 may not be able to leave in a year, but they're damn sure bringing in another guy in, in, in that next year. Yeah, sure. Right. And if you can't, if you don't have a culture that promotes the best player plays, it sucks, man. Can you imagine the whole idea of waiting your turn? That's why you go. That's why with the portal, you're seeing all these these people jump, jump, jump. Yeah. You know, because they still after one year, they still think they're the guy. Right. But suddenly they can't see a path to playing time. Right. So, you know, to B's point, you can't really afford to do that in basketball. Now, even more so now with the portal. Right. You get right. a Jabari Smith, he better play. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't come as highly touted as Jabari, if he's got that sort of potential, you need a coach who can get that out of him quickly. To that point, I got I got this question because I know that at one point wasn't uh JD Davison for Alabama, wasn't he considering Auburn too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this was yeah, this was a thing. Okay, right. So okay, go. do you think JD Davison is the exact same player if he comes to Auburn? Under Bruce, he Pearl. wouldn't. He wouldn't be starting at Auburn. He either wouldn't well, be he starting comes off the bench for them. But uh, right, I, I just, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Jay same player, an interesting. And I'm not. I'm not saying the one. same production. Like he still comes off the bench. I'm saying, is he as tentative a score? Is he as lackluster in effort? Because Nate Oates has been grilling no. his team every game they lose. Well, they didn't come out, which is mind blowing to me because you are in charge of the culture and setting the tone for the effort. Every time he says that, it's like, you're just telling us why you shouldn't have your job, buddy. I don't know even know why, why he still has his job making that excuse after losses. But anyway, I think there's a, a serious difference between Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates. And even in this, just, just taking on how you manage personnel, personalities, and effort, does J.D. Davison improve at whatever his shortcomings are? Or at the very least, don't you think his effort wouldn't be what it is if he was here? No, he he'd have to play with more effort, or he wouldn't see the court. That's what like I'm it's saying. just yeah, yeah. You can't have a team full of people who are giving max effort. If Simo, uh, you know, if 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 he's set the bench as much effort as he plays with, um, and athleticism as he has, um, you you can't tell me that you know a guy with that much effort's not going to get in. That's why the Cambridge. The reason why Cambridge is playing is because of the effort that he puts when he gets out on the court. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. even yes. though he. Looks like he's got two left feet and not uh, just a left hand. Flanagan mm-hmm. is still playing hard. He's not effort isn't the reason why he just it can't seem to put it together. Right, you can't lack effort and play for Auburn basketball right now. Right, it's just not a thing. Right, yeah. So he right. so to B's point, he would be playing better because it it would or he'd just be sitting. Right, right. Because this coach demands it. And it just doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, like, you know, so the culture has to be there. And your best player is out there giving that kind of effort too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not the guy, it's not just the the guys on the bench coming in being energetic. Jabari Smith is out there giving max effort every game. Walker Kessler, max effort every game, right? So, again, it's just, it's, it's the entire culture is predicated on you're going to bust your butt from the beginning of this game to the very end. Um, and yeah, I just don't know that. And I, I don't think JD Davidson's not a, like, I think there's his, his overhyped how he came in and right. that's 
contributed to people feeling like he's such a bust. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he'll get it right. I, he's I mean, still I hope talented. He doesn't ever get it right against us. But yeah, he's he's a talented kid. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know what else is pretty cool? Jabari Smith, mm-hmm. player of the game. Hey. Against South Carolina, your fans have voted. You've spoken up. He scored 21 points, 5 of 13, 6 boards, 2 assists, a block, a steal in 29 minutes. Also, against Mississippi State, he led all scores with 27 points and 10 boards. He's definitely stepped into his role, and he's he's definitely come on strong as the season has progressed. He's just that dude. Guys, your thoughts on Jabari and kind of what he's done to submit himself as a potential top pick in the next year's NBA draft. But he appears to be, I mean, I think, isn't he, is he a finalist for the Wooden? Or yeah. is he, is he, uh, is he a <laughs> semi, I know he's a semifinalist. Um, I, I know they bigged up the uh, the cat from Kentucky, but again, he's, he's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there are, um, it's Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, and Boalo Bonchero. Mm, the Duke, yeah. That's a, kid, that's a kid from Duke, I think. I yeah, think. okay. Um, some kid from Wisconsin, Johnny Davis, Colin Gillespie, Villanova, um, Jaden Ivey from Purdue, uh, EJ Liddell from Ohio State, um, a bunch of people who are just not going to be Jabari, Drew Time from Gonzaga, so they got two on the list, and then Oscar Sheebway. So. And he may be the favorite uh, for that. She boy, he may be. I don't know. I don't agree with it, but whatever. He may be. I mean, he's a good um, player. He, I mean, he's he, good. He, he's good. But but just just talk about Jabari and just how how critical this guy is to our tournament run. Um, go ahead, B. Well, early in the season when we had everything firing on all cylinders and people hadn't quite figured out the pick and roll action between Wendell and Kessler. Uh, Jabari was still trying to figure out how to flip that switch and to find that aggression. Um, he never looked lost like a deer in headlights, but he also didn't, he didn't look like he knew exactly what he wanted to do and when and how he wanted to do it. And over the last three weeks, what we've seen is him really realize, oh no, I am that guy, huh? This, this is well within my means to take this over, to shoot this shot, um, to get up over this defender, um, to even put this on the floor and to dunk, which Mike wasn't sure if Jabari could do <laughs> because he had never done it. But um, he he is now fully realizing his power, and we have needed him in a way that we did not need him early in the season because the offense seems to stagnate so frequently as we look for ways to um, stop turning over the ball. Um, for, our guard play has just been erratic, so Jabari is a stabilizing force. He keeps us in games. Very frequently, he is the one thing that keeps us from a lead that or a deficit that we have from getting extended so we don't have so far to fight back. He keeps us right there. So our defense is going to hold the other team down. And if it wasn't for Jabari Smith on this team, man, I don't. He was a luxury the first 20 games of the season. Now he has been a necessity for the last eight. So I'm glad we got him. He's he's stepping into it. It's going to be interesting to see now that he, we know what we've gotten him. Everybody else sees it too. How much Bruce works through him instead of just trying to make the guards go and, and get us the same action that had been working for us. How much Jabari becomes the focal point. Um, him coming down off screens and, and hitting shots or 
really him distributing is going to have to be something that we do often because teams are going to know, listen, we can't let that dude get it. Great. Well, that means somebody should be open or easily open. And that action is going to determine how far we go in the tournament. So I'm hoping Jabari can take a little more weight on the shoulders because we're going to need him to carry it. I thoughts on thoughts on Jabari at this point in the season. I mean, he he's he's uh, growing into the kind of player that he needs to be. Um, I still would love to see him be able to facilitate a little better um, because I think that would allow for us to give him the ball on more possessions uh, early in the possession and uh, and just kind of play through him. Uh, and he's not a black hole, you know, where he's like he's going to get the ball and you know he's going to shoot. But it's not always get him the ball and he's going to make an assist off of it or make the play that you know is going to get your team in the best position. It's normally he gets a touch, and if it's not a situation where it's a it's a one on one, he's just going to give it back up and go through the offense again. Um, but or he's going to shoot it. But um, he is. I, I liked that he took the challenge from the South Carolina guy yesterday, who was like trying to DM up, and he was like, "All right, well, we finna go to the gym real quick," and now he. He still got to work on. That's why I think the I, I said this in our chat. That's why the Kevin Durant comparisons are not accurate because Kevin Durant gets that one on one with that young man and he's on Sports Center. <laughs> that that young man would have been on Sports Center if Kevin Durant had caught that one on one. Now Jabari was trying to you know do a little shake, but he he wasn't really giving him nothing. KD would have would have gave him that little that little double rock crossover that he does, mm-hmm. and he just he just sent his ankles to the to the um, nether realm, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Jabari Jabari's not quite that guy, but he knows who he is. He is a face up, you know, couple of dribbles, get to work type of dude. Um, and so we just need to make sure that we're continuing to get him the ball in positions where he's most effective. And he's gonna be out there giving dudes work, man. And I'm I like the fact that he's stepping up to the challenge of we need a bucket. I got you. I'm gonna make a bucket. Mississippi State, he's the he's the game tying shot because he's like, we need a bucket. Give me the ball. He went to work, got us a bucket, right? Like, and so uh, that's the guy we need him to be, and he has grown into that role tremendously over this season. Uh, got a question for you, uh, B. Will from Low Note here uh, about the offense. You know, we we know what teams in SEC has been doing um, defending the pick and roll. What are our expectations when we get into the tournament and we're playing non-conference opponents? It completely depends on the opponent. Um, yeah, they they know what we are bad at. Everybody knows what we're bad at. So now the cat's out the bag. It's going to be whether or not Bruce has some different things that people are going to be very well prepared for Wendell and Kessler pick and roll. They they are. That's not going to get us the yield that it it got us earlier. But what they wouldn't be prepared for is we ran some Jabari Kessler, you know, action, but it wasn't. We didn't lean on it. So now it's going to be showing that, see how they defended it. And... Um, the same with Jabari and Wendell. You know, two people who, well, we know Wendell can distribute. Um, he may be able to get his shot and, and get it dropping, but we'll just see. And it's going to come down to how well, how disciplined the team's going to be able to play our ball handlers. That's really, honestly, our guards. If you can defend our guards well, frustrate KD, get him into some over-aggressiveness, take a charge, um, strip Wendell, because all of them except for Zepp, will dribble their way into trouble. And if teams have seen that and make us do that, then they can put us in, in, a, in a hole. So it depends on the team. Everybody isn't equipped to do that. Everybody isn't defensively sound enough with perimeter defenders that can actually 
put our ball handlers in trouble. Um, everybody doesn't have people who will willingly put their body. It, it, it almost entirely comes down to how well do teams defend. If they defend well and are disciplined, they can get us in trouble. Before we get to our last segment, Mike G, any any closing thoughts going into the SEC tournament, man? Well, uh, going back to Jabari, right? Like, I don't think that as a raw prospect, we could have run the offense through him early in the season. Right. Now that now that he's developed as a player, like, you know, we're seeing the culmination of a full season of development for him. And you can, he is at a point where you can run the offense through him, uh, which is great. So uh, even his in-season development, like he's not the same player he was in November, not by a long stretch. Uh, and that's going to be important because we will need to start to run through him uh, to open up opportunities for other guys, which means teams are going to have to game plan for Jabari Smith. I don't know necessarily in early January if you were game planning particularly for Jabari, but in this tournament, teams will be. It's going to be a anybody but Jabari Smith type of attitude that we're going to see from teams like just don't let this guy beat you. That's how that's how good players are treated. They just respect they're paid from uh, opposing defenses. It's it's you know they they're going to acknowledge if you're going to leave that dude open, he's going to burn you and it's going to be really difficult for you to win. So, uh we're going to see we're really going to see what Jabari is made of up over these few first few uh uh SEC tournament games and then going into the NCAA tourney. Because teams are just, you only get one shot at this. There's no tomorrow. So I bet my bottom dollar that teams are going to sell out to stop Jabari. And um, we're still going to need other guys to step up and hit shots and make them pay for that strategy. So Jabari Smith is is in a place where we're going to need him to take over a game. And it may not be scoring. It may just be demanding so much attention that other guys have opportunities. And then facilitating and dishing and, get, and making good decisions with the ball rather than taking the hero shot. He's still got to trust his teammates. Can't stress that enough. He still has yeah. to trust his teammates if we're going to go deep into this tournament. Um, I think this year, but I'm glad to see that he's got the ability to take over the game. If we in the final minutes, particularly if we need him to, you need a guy who could just step up and take a shot and who wants to take the shot. I think that should be Jabari. He had a pull up in his last game. He had a pull up three that was impressive from the top of the key. I can remember the shot I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He was guarded. He was guarded, and he just, it was a quick raised up and just hit kind of a line drop, drive three. Man, if he's hitting those type of shots, good luck. Yeah. Good, good luck beating us. No dribbles required. Just catch and shoot wherever he's at. And he can, ra- and he's tall enough to just raise up over any defender. That shot is unguardable.